Welcome to Flick 66 Season 2 premiere. Woo! We made it to the second season, guys. We haven't been canceled yet. <laughs> That's nice. Can I get a raise? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Dr. Thomas Parham, Executive Director of Screenwriting at Azusa Pacific University, and with me, as always, are... Nate Bell. Uh, Ryan Isaac. And they are two of our Screen Studies professors here at APU. So, how you guys doing? Yeah, pretty well. Seems like to yeah. a long time since we've all been in the same physical location. Oh, like four and a half months or something? That was a long, long summer break. I, I visit you guys at night at your places. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, my gosh, yeah, right. <laughs> I know that's not true because that dog would be barking up the storm. <laughs> and you know what I'm talking about because you seem, she is a barky one. Well, let's talk some box office and some Emmy Awards and then the summer roundup and fall mm -hmm. TV preview. That's right, because we did leave on a cliffhanger. We were talking about Avengers and we <laughs> don't know what we thought of it, right? Well, let's let's that. save that till we get to the summer box office of course, roundup. Of course. Um, wait, what's Avengers? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> It's this little indie film that Disney does. All right. Who, who won um, the box office last week? Last weekend, it's still kind of slow. Uh, the house with a clock in its walls won the weekend with $26 million. Oh, yes. I'm looking forward to seeing that because Eli Roth, known for like horror movies, does yeah. a PG family movie. Right. That seems a little off to me, but it, it's, you know. It's got above, it's it's in positive yeah. territory on okay. Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. It's gotten decent reviews from yeah. Prince I Trust. And I'm interested. They say that Jack Black is, you know, fairly charming and Kate Blanchett, come on. Yeah, yeah. It looks, it has a nice look to it. And uh, it's based on a very, uh, very good, uh, I don't want to say children's, like YA novel back from the 70s. What is uh, YA now? I don't it's even like, know. It's like it's everything between people read. picture books yeah. <laughs> and like, you know. Who knows? But no, stuff. it's a very good book, actually. Yeah, good fantasy for, for young I have, people. I haven't read it. You yeah, haven't, you haven't it seen just the movie? looks like Goosebumps Part 2 to me. Right. That's coming I mean, too, though. I know, I know. <laughs> but really, though. Yeah. No. And the other big news from last office, box office, was Fahrenheit 11.9 bombed as in... Did it really bomb? Really? But that wasn't in mean, theaters. So, like, if it's not available, how can it make money? Like, that's not... Mm, I don't it really had know. a... I don't, was it three million or something? That's not a complete... For a documentary. Goosey. I mean, that's... Yeah, for a documentary, that's very good. For I mean, a Michael Moore film, that's not, not so hot. But, no, there, there's all kinds of hand wringing and mm -hmm. is Michael Moore played out? Really? Why is Michael Moore's audience I, I don't think they, deserted him? Mm -hmm. I don't think he's played out. I think there's just a lot more options. Back in the day, there weren't a lot of options. If you if you had problems with the Bush administration, there weren't like a plethora of, of voices. Now, there are so yeah. many uh, liberal comedy shows doing news mm -hmm. that, you know, I, we don't have just that one choice. And mm. And I think his shtick is a little played out. The the you know uh, what do you call it journalism where you approach Gonzo someone, or Gonzo I don't know you hit yeah. him up on the ambush. street ambush mm -hmm. journal that's ambush it ambush journalism. journalism. I think it's just yeah it's it, it it had its moment when when the ease of documentaries to mm -hmm. take a camera out on the street and film was was a novelty or a newer idea. Mm -hmm. uh, but now you know anyone can make a documentary. There's so many documentaries. Everyone has an opinion in the documentaries. It's true. And Half of them are biased. And maybe people you know. have opinions. Yeah. <laughs> what? Maybe people don't want to go to theaters for more bad news or something. I don't know. I, I feel like there's a connection here between this and the, the box office failure of the latest Dinesh D'Souza documentary as well. Uh, so, you know, I mean, the filmmakers who are doing political documentaries are doing fairly well at it. 
I don't know. Maybe they're not they're making the same money. They're not. They're Let's not. look at the. I mean, I guarantee you, look at the numbers of mm-hmm. the. Uh, um, uh, mm-hmm. Welcomes my neighborhood, and it yeah. was probably. Oh, that young. was so good. Because it's it's not trying to bash mm-hmm. people over the head with views. I right, think, people want to. It's Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers doesn't bash. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, two two uh, last Monday, not yesterday, but the previous Monday, the Emmy Awards were on, sponsored by the Television Academy. Uh, HBO and Netflix tied with 23 awards apiece. Good grief. And the big news, though, is Netflix had more nomina- one more nomination than mm. HBO going in. Was this a first? First oh, time? Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. And and uh, the streaming services are in... They're in, like, Flynn, for mm-hmm. lack of a better term. Uh, Game of Thrones with the, was the big drama winner with nine, mm-hmm. which is interesting because a lot of people thought last season, which is the penultimate season, was not one of their stronger seasons. Yeah, but. yeah. I wonder if it's kind of one of those things. I'll just give it to them because they weren't eligible the previous year because there was such a long gap between mm. season six and seven. Mm-hmm. Well, that that is a big deal, isn't it? It's kind of a landmark now that Netflix has gotten more nominations than HBO because HBO was the emerged as the prototypical entertainment corporation of the oh, digital yeah. era. And in the comedy categories, mm-hmm. uh, Mrs. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel was the big winner. With the ceremonies, although technically they tied mm. with Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. which is a bit beneficiary of the uh, anti forty five sentiment that Ryan was just talking about. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, um, one interesting fact, or two really kind of interesting facts from the te- from the technical awards, which were held on the weekend, not during the actual televised ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, African-American actors swept all four guest star Emmys. Hmm. Tiffany Haddish for Saturday Night Night Live, Cat Williams for Atlanta, Samar Wiley for The Handmaid's Tale, and Ron Cephas Jones for This Is Us. Hmm. So that was kind of interesting. And finally, three new EGOTs. You guys know what EGOTs are, right? Let's see. That's what? Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony, right? Correct. That's right. Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber, Tim Rice, and John Legend. And they all won Emmys for their contributions to Jesus Christ Superstar Live. Oh, yeah, that's right. Which was actually one of the better uh, live musical adaptations. Mm-hmm. And at the other end, A Christmas Story did not win mm. <laughs> any Emmys because it was terrible. <laughs> is the um, is the Jesus Christ Superstar performance out now on DVD? Or oh something? yeah. It's oh, they out. were taking ahead. They were taking. Right. Uh, they they had the toll free number or the website or whatever. Sure. There were commercials mm. for it during the live broadcast. Mm. If you like this, mm. download the soundtrack album and the video will be out soon. Mm. Wow, cool! It's all about uh, cross marketing. Just making a note, you know, making my Santa, you know, requests to Santa this year. I think that one should be on it, probably. So the Christmassy. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't call it. Came Christmas-y. out last last. Around Christmas Jesus time, Christ yeah. Superstar. Oh yeah, think of it it's more got Jesus in it. Jesus in it. It's Jesus in it. I think Actually, it's more Eastery. Is it more yeah, Eastery? Yeah, that is not, that? not Christmas. <laughs> it's not his birth, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, okay. Well, even that. I don't know if that's accurate. Shockingly few Easter movies, anyway. So <laughs> you gotta watch uh, Nativity Story. I didn't see that. It's a good one. It's a good the one. one with yeah. um, the girl for uh, Whale Rider. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Okay, I haven't seen And that. Oscar Isaac is Joseph. No way. Yeah. And, uh, what's oh, her face director of 13? Uh, Catherine oh, Hardwick. Oh, Catherine Hardwick. Yeah. yeah, right. It's good. Um, it's good. Well, I think kind of our lead uh, story is Summer Box Office Roundup. 
I mean, I think Nate, I think you've been pounding out the stats. Yeah. The hits, I'm pretty sure Infinity War was the huge hit because I heard that it made over $2 billion worldwide or something. Something like that. If we're yeah. going to talk about money only, then we're not talking about any movies that I like this summer. Oh, no, we're going to talk about money. No, I'm just saying, because the things that made money this yeah. summer were the things that did not hold my attention right. yeah. in the least. No, we're going to talk about the money, but then we're going to talk about the things that we liked and the things that yeah. didn't work at all. Right, right. And kind of talk about the bombs, too. Oh, sure, yeah. This town runs on schadenfreude. <laughs> sure does. So, for the, uh, mm-hmm. Infinity War was number one, right? Infinity War is number one. And let's see, I'm trying to... Pick up, uh, I guess, Incredibles two that came out in uh, June, so that's that's Incredibles two, yeah, June. Um, Jurassic Park, Fallen Kingdom, probably which was three. better than I thought it was it going was to be. Better than the last one, yeah, which yeah. isn't hard. And it and it got mm-hmm. it, people liked it less because it actually made them think. It didn't just you know, there was there was actually development in the narrative of Jurassic mm. Park yeah. franchise rather than mm. just let's just have more dinosaurs mm. and uh, you know. Uh, that last one just bugged me. It's kind of I don't know. There what, were, Jurassic World one. Yeah, uh, I hated it. There were it things. Was... There were there were things in the new one though that were kind of just kind of dumb. I mean, oh, oh no, like the thing that the thing that gets me is that you remember that scene where they're all bidding on which dinosaurs the you know wealthy yeah. guys are going to get. But like the bids are so low, they're like a million dollars. Two million dollars. That's what bothered like, you about that movie? Yes! <laughs> trained raptors this, that are this, like on team good guy no, dinosaurs that, and you're bothered by the amount they're paying Absolutely, for absolutely. All right, man. It's that, kind of, it's that kind of dumb thing where you. I stopped and all the, I could think of was that you can buy an NFL, like an NFL the, first draft pick is the, uh, more expensive than The thing than that, that right? irked me, spoiler alert, Yeah. Um, they really telegraphed yeah. that the little girl was a clone. And oh, yeah, sure. Had that been... It right. almost felt like that script needed one more yeah. pass yeah. from somebody who knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But I didn't despise it the way I did Jurassic World 1. Because it had elements that made mm-hmm. you think. Whereas right. the first one had nothing but just spectacle. Just, just and, a and, popcorn and, movie. And, and a ramp- spirited one. And rampant mm-hmm. misogyny. That's, yeah, that, exactly. That bothered me big time. Yeah. Or, or bigly. Uh, what else is in the top five? Well, let's see. After that would probably be Deadpool 2. That came out in May. Yeah, so not, that's kinda, not my jam. Yeah. I, saw, I, I, I actually did see it in the theater with a real audience mm. and still didn't care for it. It's like... Yeah, I missed that one again, too. Again, better than the last one. At least the narrative had plot structure to it. Mm. I'm not saying it was good, but it was better than the last one. Because the last I thought one the, was just... One of the more entertaining aspects were the closing credits where he does the little bopping through the different mm. things. Mm-hmm. But I was just... Ugh, I don't like Deadpool. I don't like mm-hmm. the character. I don't like Deadpool costumes. Yeah, I, I don't. don't like I, don't I hate it. Deadpool. I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. Mission Impossible was my favorite popcorn flick of the summer. Yeah, that probably was pure. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah. I mean, and I don't, I don't like Tom Cruise. Yeah. But this is one of the few franchises I can think of uh-huh. where since Abrams took over three, four, mm-hmm. five, and six, it's like every mm-hmm. movie gets better and the stunts get more outrageous. Yeah. See, I didn't like the last one that much. Oh, five? Uh, yeah, I thought it was a dip down. Really? I thought it was just, it was just, hmm. it lacked uh, impact. This one, they like doubled down though. Hmm. I mean, I just feel like it, they were increasing steadily. You know, the Brad Bird one uh, had, had elements to it. You know, they saw the stunts, but they had some humor. And then, yeah, just the last one just kind of dipped for me. But this one brought it back. Hmm. I don't know. Same director though, right? Yeah. McQuarrie. Yeah, I um, I know the the there was much hyped stunt right and the, the plane stunt right where he jumps out. Of there the is every movie. Yeah, oh, yeah, but the, what what struck me about it, I don't know if this seemed that way to you guys, but when I was watching it, I thought that doesn't look real. You know, that doesn't even look real. Maybe it was. 
Oh no! I I, I'm, I I'm know like, it was authentic. A lot of and this everything, is real. But like, what's the point? He really hurt himself of doing a stunt like that, right? If you can accomplish the same thing with CGI, I mean, honestly, no man, bragging, you can tell. bragging rights. It uh, you can tell. I mean, there's it reads it reads false still. The, the bragging yeah. rights are very CGI important. still. I don't know. I, this this one this one looked fake to me for some weird reason. It just I don't I thought man what a bunch of effort into doing something that. I don't know. You guys obviously didn't think that, so... No. How about... Um, I thought it looked good. Really? It was shot on 35mm film, too. Which I also think is pointless now. Because if you're not watching it... You in see 35, it on IMAX? I saw it in... I saw it I in it? Dolby Cinema. I'm not sure AMC. I did see it in IMAX. Yeah, I, I, I could tell. Like I, mm-hmm. I appreciated the, the film and mm-hmm. the actual... You want them to shoot on digital? Well, no. I mean, I just I think it's kind of pointless if you're gonna if you're gonna watch a film with digital projection to shoot on thirty five just seems I don't know vain and no, pointless, don't you think? I mean, I think especially I think so. the People, it's denatured anyway. You're not seeing the actual film stock. The grain is all kind of fro- anyway. Sorry, it's a small small quibble. No, but- but I just don't understand why people are still doing it unless you're Christopher Nolan. You're showing it in well, seventy this is millimeter. McCorry and- yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I honestly, when I saw Dunkirk in '70, I, I got it right. I understood that watching it that way was was a special yeah, thing. Yeah, right? it wasn't a movie that I wanted to watch. Yeah. yeah. I, well, when I saw Dunkirk in IMAX, I'm like, oh my ears, yeah. the barrage. Yeah, that just seems silly to me. I don't know. Um, to shoot in 35 just seems, I don't know, pointless now. <laughs> Sorry, that's my uh, that's my public service announcement for the day. Not not to harp on it. I just. If you're not going to use it to your advantage, I don't see why. You know, so I just left you guys speechless, totally speechless. I just, yeah. I, 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 don't know. I, I can't I, believe I it. I film studies prof is advocating it. digital over film. I don't know. No, if if it's going to be projected in film, then that's a different different story. You, but, uh, you, you, I, yeah. I guess I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I see the difference. Mm. Not every film. Some films I, I don't see the difference, yeah. and then there's ones where I do, and. Uh, I made the mistake of seeing Lawrence of Arabia at Arclight Hollywood, and it was a digital print, mm-hmm. and there was artifacting, right. and I wanted to cry so badly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. next time it comes to the Egyptian in 70 millimeter film, please let me know. Yeah. Oh yeah, well in advance, so I can you know block you know. They book only show they, out ahead. they never showed the the digital Good restoration there, so sticking to their guns, yeah. Um, Anyhow, is, yeah, is that the top five. Or? That that would be the top five or so. Um, after that, you've got Ant Man and the Wasp. You've got Solo, which Whoa. I believe did That's we the worst film did we, movie I've ever seen. We didn't talk about Solo Ugly. because that came out after we we broke. That uh, cinematographer needs to be dragged out of the street. <laughs> I liked Solo. Yeah, I, it wasn't the train wreck it mm-hmm. could have been and probably should have been. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the box office, it they uh, they. Yeah. Um, I can't think of the head of Disney right now. Bob Iger just mm-hmm. announced last week in the trades yeah. that they will be s- slowing down production on Star Wars right. movies. Too much, too so, soon. Is that well, his rationale? Part of, the, part of the problem is instead of releasing it at Christmas time, mm. which has been their pattern for the last few movies, right. they decided to put it in May because Mary Poppins Returns, which oh, by yeah. the way, the trailer is amazing. Uh, <laughs> mm, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Mary yeah. Poppins Returns is their big holiday movie so they didn't want it there yeah and so they decided oh we'll put it in summer gotcha and it's either a combination of that Mm -hmm. or all the bad 
stuff behind the right. scenes. Star Wars has been a, has never been a summer movie except for oh, the no, no, first no. two. Star Wars was originally a summer yeah. movie, and then they switched. Uh, to well, December. For, for Force Awakens, they switched to December. That's right. There were rumors that they were going to try to have uh, Episode Eight, mm-hmm. Last Jedi, ready for uh, the May release because right. wasn't that the fortieth year? I forget. That's right. Yeah. Wait, what year is this? Is yeah, 18. it would mm-hmm. it would have been if it had released in May of seventeen mm-hmm. instead of December. Mm-hmm. That was the fortieth anniversary of Star Wars: uh, A New Hope, but they weren't going to have it ready in time. But they decided to put Solo there, and and plus there are a lot of uh, toxic fans who basically they they take credit for making it a bomb <laughs> because course. they're like we hated Star Wars Episode Eight so yeah. much that we're you know it's like dude yeah. that has nothing There's and probably... the marketing it wasn't a great marketing campaign either no it wasn't no yeah the trailers just didn't didn't impress they didn't have that edge I guess but the I had humor. Fun. Yeah, it was fine. I, I checked know. my phone during a chase scene, so clearly it didn't engage me. <laughs> I like the cast. They were fun to watch. I like you know? Alden mm-hmm. Ehrenreich. It's mm-hmm. interesting that people either love him or hate him, but mm. I like him in general as an actor. Mm-hmm. Ryan, you've been in a movie with him. No, I like him. I think he's talented. Did you like him as Han Solo? I just didn't care. Oh, I honestly just didn't. I, 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 was, I wasn't joking. Like I wanted to look at my phone. I was that bored while I was watching mm-hmm. it. I saw so many spectacle-filled movies this summer that had me completely bored out of my mind. Mm. And every movie that I saw that had actual characters, I was like, oh, thank God, finally, I have something I can right. dig my Hallelujah! Like, right. I was just so bored. I'm just, I'm, I'm sorry, like, there's no stakes in any of these, these movies anymore. Sounds the Avengers, funny. really? Yeah. I'm sorry, but those movies all have sequels planned. We know they're not dead. That was all a bunch of bullshit. Let's, let's be honest. Oh, I'm not allowed to say that? I don't know. I'm really? not producing this podcast. Leave me out. <laughs> but really, honestly, we really think that Black, and I don't mean to spoil, everyone's seen it. We don't. Well, Spider-Man like, Far on. From Home has a release date. Exactly. And Black Panther just, we, we know it's a huge hit. They're not killing off all these franchises. The only person I would have really believed to be dead would be Tony Stark because he said that he's ready for to, to be done with well, the, uh, Iron Man. The but. original Avengers, most of their contracts are- Spire, exactly. So we know so, that they're being phased out. So I would have believed if those had been the ones to die, but they kill off all the new ones, and like I'm sitting there in the movie yawning, like, "All right, well, thank you for giving me a cliffhanger for a year, but we all know they're coming back. This is just a waste of my time. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of it. There's nothing at stake in any of these spectacle movies. They have huge explosions, people dying, and I don't care." About any of it. When did you get so cynical, Ryan? <laughs> no, let's start talking about real movies, and I'll have, I'll, I'll be we're, gushing. We're, we're almost going to talk about real movies. Sure. Um, <laughs> what were the big? Well, we just talked yeah. about one. Solo was sure. a big miss. I sure. mean, it was supposed to be a tentpole, and because it was such a resounding flop, yeah. the studio is literally going to change their mm. paradigm for how they release. Really You're talking about movies. misses just from a financial basis or an artistic? Basis? Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. Right. Okay. Yes. I don't know. I what, think. What are, do you have a list of some of the other box office misses? Yeah, well, let's see. I mean, I don't know. Do you, can you think of any, Ryan? I think I don't um, pay attention to money. I pay attention yeah. to what is a failure. You're such a purist. I mean, the last... No, I just don't care. What is it? What's we... it going to change my life? Oh, if oh made I've got to say, which one? Gu- gu- guilty pleasure for me, by mm. the way, because this won't be talking about our, you know, the which the, one? the real meaty movies. Teen Titans go to the movies. No kidding. Yeah, I saw that. It was. <laughs> it was 
I would. Some people were saying it's the best DC movie ever. No, right, it's right, not right. the best. You know, it's no Wonder Woman. It's no Dark Knight trilogy. Okay. However, come it was very amusing. It is kid friendly. Yeah. And there is some. Unfortunately, one of the best jokes is in the trailer mm. about Green Lantern and his movie. Mm-hmm. But you know, Robin's quest to become a hero and Will Arnett. They recast Slade with Will Arnett, and he's just having fun. Mm. I mean, it was just fun, and I don't even like. Teen Titans Go, but sure. the movie was fun. Well, I guess maybe you could consider like Pacific Rim Uprising a, a failure. That was it's, not a summer kind movie. Of a middling. It wasn't. <laughs> and the fact that out? it wasn't a summer movie just means they didn't have faith. That was like a, oh, a late winter movie, like well, February. Rampage, Skyscraper. I saw Rampage. Yeah, that's right. It How was, was as dumb as you thought it would be. <laughs> no, there was, we um, talked about all those. Yeah, that's, that's old news. Is that news. ancient history? Yeah, well, I guess that's old news. I, I can't think of anything else. I mean, honestly, I, uh, I think we covered most of our bases here. Well, Solo being, I guess, a big disappointment. That's the biggest one. Uh, biggest flop, I guess, for, for Disney since, um, well, since Wrinkle in Time, I guess, was uh, considered uh, the, the big Well, but big one of them is actually watchable, and one of them is mm. not very watchable. Mm. Yeah, I really wanted to see Crazy Rich Asians this summer. I didn't get a chance to. I think it's still out, so yeah, it's still presumably, out. but you know, don't have a ton of free time. That was considered, you know, one of the Late box office surprise. surprises. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was. Well, it was yeah. the first time in twenty five years since mm-hmm. Joy Luck Club that mm-hmm. we had an Asian centric movie. It's a great mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, and I, I don't even think there are any token Anglo characters, in it, mm. but it doesn't need them, and I look forward to the next two. I'll tell you, there's three books. I'll tell you what. I don't know if you guys saw this, but. Uh, I was kind of looking forward to Hereditary because I, I like horror films, yeah, good horror it. films. Well, this, was, was it as jacked up as I heard? It, it's, it's pretty dark, but I was disappointed in it just as a film, as an experience, as a, as a piece of cinema. I don't really? know, Ryan, did you like it? Uh, I Did I like it? Yeah. No, I don't think it's a movie that's meant to be liked. Did you admire I thought, it? Did I you thought, think it was successful? I thought it was an extremely intelligent horror movie. Really? And, and, mm. and, and in the way that it was made, it's, mm. it was easily one of the most disturbing movies that I've seen in a Was while. it a movie to it be was more unsettled. endured than... Oh, yeah. Liked. It was unsettled. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. It, it, it definitely is... Uh, it's not a fun film. Right. I like to sleep, so yeah. most horror movies... Very, very I'm creepy, like, very yeah, creepy stuff things. in there that will stick with you for a long time. I didn't think... Uh, I, I didn't think it... Um, it, it was it was well-structured or really, satisfying. I thought, the, I thought the filmmaking was extremely good. I just didn't enjoy From it. From shot to shot, I guess, you know, there was some, you know, some good cinematography, good compositions, mm. but I, I, I'm just saying really... on a story level, I was kind of... Um, it. I don't know, maybe it didn't establish... Like it's rules or well, that's enough. the I didn't point. That's like why I liked it. See, that's the thing. It kept you untethered. Well, and, yeah. Like, why do you want to go to a movie that you know in the first fifteen minutes? Maybe it's just me, someone that's watched way too many horror movies. But I get annoyed by horror movies. The reason I like this one, the reason why I like Netflix is the ritual. Is you don't know what type. You don't know if it's supernatural. You don't sure. know if it's slasher. You don't I know knew. if it's creature feature. Yeah. I like having that. Mm-hmm. And don't tell me you knew it. I did. I totally. You just it. said it didn't establish I, the rules. No, but I, I, I got what where it was going. I mean, I, I. I guessed the genre correctly let's say very early on but i, I felt like it telegraphed well, it but i mean you poorly yes that's my point yeah. you could guess where you thought it was going but they didn't tell you there was there were no established rules it right. wasn't a movie that yeah. exists in the haunted house right, genre. Right, it wasn't right. a movie that exists in the creature feature genre right sure or even if you have a creature they established the rules early on this mm-hmm. is a movie that you don't know what type of horror film it is you can guess, mm-hmm. but that you don't know if you're right. Right. So I mean, yeah, you could say I guess, but sure. like, 
you don't have confirmation until the last 15 minutes of the movie what it actually is. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, is is an impressive feat, Mm -hmm. whether you enjoy the experience or not, because there's so so many genre pictures uh, lend just too easily into generic. You know what I mean? They just yeah, want to get the, the, the generic thrills. I get it. I get what thrills. you're saying. I get what you're saying. But, um, you know, part of the pleasure of going to a horror film, and we're talking about, like, traditional movie pleasure. I wouldn't consider her. I think Hereditary tries to go even deeper than just, you know, goosebumps and tries to disturb you on a more profound level. Um, but I, I think part of the pleasure of going to a horror film is is knowing the genre and kind of knowing the framework and it's seeing not- what... What, uh, what what inventive touches and twists a director can do within those boundaries. I mean, I don't really th- think it's mm-hmm. fair to say of a genre, this is the pleasure. It has mm-hmm. to do this. Because mm-hmm. that's, that's that's putting such restriction on it. So I mean, why you do have to films? have... Yeah, I mean, that's... You know, we know we're going into a ghost movie, so we're... No, that's... A, a we know movie. we're going to be scared. Mm-hmm. It doesn't... Sometimes the, the unknowing is the most scary. So you're right. saying, I want to be scared, so I want to know exactly what's scaring me. We don't go into a haunted house... <laughs> You know, yeah. a maze and say, I yeah. want to know what's going to be around this corner. No. no I think, so. I think, no, I think, I think actually you, you might be onto something here because I think I, I noticed this tendency in a lot of more recent horror films. And that is a tendency to, um, on part of the viewer, to want to be unsettled in a more profound way, you know, than, than being kind of teased or, you know, kind of. You know, um, Are you talking about the increase in art horror. Recently? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, so I mean, there, there's been a lot of talk about like a horror renaissance, and but there's that... more art horror. And I think I think there's a certain kind of sector of, of intelligent moviegoer that kind of is excited about that. But I'm just saying that if if Hereditary is like considered a prime example of that, I don't I don't think it's good enough. I don't think it's um, you know particularly special enough to warrant that kind of appraisal. It's still just to me kind of a schlocky horror film. I, yeah, I didn't. I don't agree. Yeah, uh, I don't agree. It's I, pretty I think calling that schlocky is is pretty it, off the mark. But that's pretty, just me, and I don't know. Like to say, got a lot of yeah, there's the, in it, the you know? art house mm-hmm. horror is mm-hmm. a type of horror movie, mm-hmm. and that has be- increased in popularity yeah. in recent years because yeah, yeah. of The Witch and Babadook and those type of films. Right, right, right. Sure. But that doesn't mean that we haven't still had a Conjuring movie every single year. It doesn't mean right. that we aren't oh, yeah. having a new Halloween frame. So, yeah, yeah horror is doing that, mm-hmm. but there are many avenues of horror. Mm-hmm. And to, like, say all horror must be definable or all horror must accomplish this, I think, is limiting to the genre. It's interesting yeah. that you mentioned because The Nun made <laughs> a ton right, of right, movie right. two Don't weekends ago. Yeah, that's I true. I yeah. like 76 million or something And that looks, crazy. you know... Uh, and about, that, that's the fifth movie in the Conjuring franchise. Right. That's it's about like, that film is about as original as Original Sin. Oh, it's got terrible Rotten it's Tomatoes reviews. Fifth or yeah. sixth? I believe it's. I've lost count. <laughs> yeah, because there's two Annabelles. There's two Annabelles. Two, there's two Conjuring. Two conjuring. No, okay, so it is the fifth. It's the mm-hmm. fifth. But yeah, it's but when you make that much money for so little investment, it's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that they haven't redone. Amityville Horror. Mm. With, mm-hmm. I'm, I guess well, maybe like ten years ago. So. Well, but remake it with the Conjuring cast. Oh, you know, okay. I, I'll tell you, there there was one other film that was completely abandoned, uh, you know, dumped into theaters for a week and then was gone. What was uh, that? Ryan, do you, you either of you remember seeing uh, trailers for a movie called? I think it was called uh, The Lost Child. Okay. The Lost Child. Sorry, I guess that doesn't ring a bell for either of you. No. no. 
What were your... No, it wasn't The Lost Child. What am I thinking of? Oh, great. No, don't even remember the name. But it was uh, it was directed by Lenny Abrahamson, the guy who got an Oscar nomination for directing uh, Room with Brie Larson. Mm. And uh, it looked like, uh, it looked like uh, kind of a handsome period piece, British, uh, World War II era, Gothic type thing. The Little Stranger, I'm sorry. The Little Stranger. I always say The Lost Child for some reason. Uh, the Little Stranger. None of you have heard of it, huh? <laughs> okay, wow. Focus features. Who's uh, in it? It, uh, it stars, That's not the one with Dom Gleeson. It, it is Dom Hall Gleeson. I've seen trailers for it, but I didn't know uh, it actually came out. Yeah, it came out and was gone the next week, wow. pretty much. 400 theaters was the widest it ever. And this was a major... I mean, I would... You know, this seems like the type of film that would get a wider release to me. I guess focus. Weird. So, anyway, I don't know why these decisions get made. I was really looking forward to seeing that one. Talking about more conventional... Horror films, but... Uh, Is that supposed to be a horror film? Yeah, I guess a, a supernatural thriller or something like that, a mystery. It's hard to tell from the trailers, but anyway. What were, what were your surprise uh, kind of sleepers? For ah, me, good, yeah. Some, some of the indie films I saw this summer. I've got, mm-hmm. a, I've got AMC A-list, so yeah. especially the first month, I went to see my maximum three movies a week. Ah, gotcha. Got my gotcha. money's yeah. worth. Are you still on that plan? Or? Oh, yeah. Okay. Because you have the, do you have the year... No, it's month to month. Okay, you, gotcha. have, you have to commit to at least three months, then you can cancel. Because I, I bought the annual pass, so I'm for AMC. Stuck. No, not sorry. I'm talking about Movie Pass oh. still. So I'm Movie Pass was always a scam. Yeah, their business yeah, well, plan was it was like this terrible pyramid but, scheme. I know it was awful, but my local theater still Honestly, participates in oh, it. Wow. So I'm and I'm still milking it for all it's worth. Anyway, talking about sleepers. Um, I don't know. Did we talk about First Reformed yet? Did we? we was that I a summer movie? I can't even remember. It seems like so long ago. We I talked about it. It's sort of. I mean, it came out the end of the year. Yeah. End of the year. End I of guess. The year. I guess it was. Yeah, kind of mid-May. That's like, summer, technically. Anyway, I guess. Um, Tom, you didn't catch up with that one yet, right? I haven't seen okay. it, so don't spoil me. All right, no worries. Um, that's not really a movie we can talk about anyway. That's true. Yeah. I mean, that's like talking about Mother. As soon as you start talking about it, you, don't you want spoil, to spoil it. it. Sure, like you can't. You sure, can't sure, talk sure. about it without spoiling it. No, it's true. It's but true. first reform is is is. Did you like it? In in mm-hmm. the simplest way to put it, it's it's dealing with the contradiction of Christianity's um, unwillingness to face the the incongruity. In Congress, I'm trying to like incongruity. Incongru- incongruity of of there you go. Of, you got it out there. No, it's <laughs> how I'm putting. Why don't Christians care about uh, the environment? That's the concern. It's, huh. it's a movie that's, that's it's, what you got it's yeah. Huh. That's the theme okay. from like the entire movie. Interesting, interesting read. No, no, no. That's definitely what a do you major mean, interesting. That's read. a major that's thread. The main thread. I in disagree. The I disagree. I mean, I yes, it is a major thread in the story, but I don't. I don't think that's what. I don't think that's what it's really about. Well, okay, yeah, and I just I, said I that we. I just said I can't though. talk about what it's really okay. about without spoiling the movie. But I was trying to give the basic for the plot. Okay, I'll tell and you the what. Basic for the plot is that it's about a country. The, it's about a priest that's having a moral dilemma with with. The fact that his congregation is has supporters that are very much destroying the environment, and as a Christian, right. how can we be okay with that? Right, right, Why are right. we taking money from people that just want to make money and don't care about the environment? That's the Ethan Hawke character. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that. I would say is plot. I'm not trying to get into the sure, meaning sure. of the movie yeah. because I just said we can't. I, I think I, I think this know. film I think this film is special to the kind of 
work that we're doing already in our in our film classes. So maybe maybe we should dedicate like a special podcast just to that movie. What do you think? Ah, would you would you see talk it? About it Let's talk well, about we it. Can't. Let's say spoilers ahead. You know, kind of and, just and the five spoilers. people that watch it will listen. Yes. Yeah. I, why not? I'd love to have. I would love to have a discussion. A, let's do a screening. Sure. But the, I I just don't think that we can talk about it. Yeah. And I'd love I'd love to have to sit down and watch it. And I and, and well, I. And I think this podcast is a problem with it as well. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think um, we could have a really good discussion about it. We're talking about uh, you know religion and film. It gets pretty explicit. I've heard it's a crazy movie. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, just that was I guess considered one of my sleepers for the summer, if you can count it that way. Um, I don't know. Brian, what about you? Yeah. Uh, Mine, eighth grade. Uh, Oh, so good. I, I missed that. Yeah. Um, oh, so yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Leave no trace. I wanted to right. reach through the screen and just hug the girl in eighth grade. Mm. It's like it's gonna be okay. <laughs> same with the one in uh, Leave No Trace. That that little girl. Yeah. Uh, it's the same director that made um, Jennifer Lawrence a star. I think this little girl is three times the actor that Jennifer Lawrence was at oh, that wow. her age. Um, but 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 she doesn't have the natural looks, so she'll never be a movie star the way Jennifer mm. Lawrence is, and it's depressing because mm-hmm. her, her acting is just like... Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Mm. And you won't see her probably out of many independent films, but mm. it's, it's disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that movie uh, just just broke my heart into pieces, and mm. no one saw it. Nope, I didn't um, see it. It deals yeah. very, no very subtly with, with PTSD, yeah. um, but it's it's... At its essence, just a character drama yeah. about a father struggling to exist in society after yeah. coming back, and and his daughter trying to be who she is while still sure. be there for her father. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in and in keeping in from for whatever reason the tradition uh, or um, I, all my films were about father daughter. Mm. relationships because my other one was Hearts Beat Loud I loved that one mm. as well mm. I don't know why all three of the indies that I loved were about father-daughter relationships interesting interesting um, interesting. Really interesting and they all yeah. have just fantastic new female young stars in them mm-hmm. as well wow. not traditional ones either not the ones you normally see because eighth grade obviously again an actress we're not going to see as a movie star and it's it's upsetting because mm. she just doesn't fit that mold it was interesting she did I, I saw an interview with her on uh, good morning america she didn't get in her school play as a freshman yeah <laughs> and, oh, really? and then the movie because <laughs> they filmed it right after she finished eighth grade she mm. goes in the ninth grade doesn't get in the play and then the next summer the movie comes out Hope that drama teacher is all like in your face, lady. Right. right. Um, the two, uh, I think, two of my fi- big surprise films for this summer are "Sorry to Bother You." Ah, uh, yes, and, good. I was going to mention that. Which yeah. was just, I mean, it, it starts film. as one movie and then it takes this really odd turn, <laughs> but they fully commit. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it's it in pretty the same creative. way I appreciated Hereditary that I didn't know where it was going, uh, but when I got to the end, it was it was it was a it was a bit over the top. Yeah, but you but yeah. you gotta you can't say it's no, just like it. every other other yeah. movie you've seen. And then uh, the other real surprise for me was Blind Spotting. Oh, I Blind Spotting! Ah, I need to see that. Yeah, I, I liked it better. Oh, yeah. Again, not perfect. Mm-hmm. No, but there are some moments in there where mm. I'm like, interesting. Yeah. yeah. 
like I said, I, I could have done without the uh, rap at gunpoint, which is not spoiling it, but if you've seen uh, it, you know what I'm talking about. Is that like it, the climatic scene? I'm, I'm not. It is, no, isn't it? No, it's not. I don't even think it's the most climactic think, scene. It isn't. Okay. It it's, isn't. It's, okay. it's before the climactic, because the climactic one was intense. That monologue. Uh, but no, this is kind of like a pre-climactic, like building, huh. and, it, and it just the, the rap. Was it was a little bit cheesy for me because mm-hmm. um, the intensity of a moment to suddenly bust out in freestyle like there's a time and place for rapping and, and this when is you're not a gun that's just not really the time but, um, but I did love it. Did, we didn't talk about the pre- I mean we should rewind and talk about the premises of those movies that we've mentioned that we can't talk about. Uh, so, you want to talk about eighth grade? The premise. Eighth grade um, is. Just the painful character study of a little girl, a little girl, a girl in eighth grade as she transitions into going into junior high. So she's she's getting ready for that. Going into junior high or high school? High school. Sorry. High school. High school. Um, so right. Yeah. And she does a, vi- a video blog. Yeah, it definitely is is for this, this generation. Internet generation. The internet generation. But, but it's... I mean, it's, it, I don't know how, it, it hits all the points, but it is never cliche. It feels real no, the no. whole time. Hmm. It never feels forced. And Bo Burnham, who's, a, who's I knew him more as a comedian, mm-hmm. but he wrote and directed? Yeah. And I'm I like, so. who knew this dude had this film in him? Yeah. I mean, like, whoa. Yeah, the empathy in that film is just hmm. incredible. I really like the actor who played the dad. He, yeah, he blew me away. Because he had a hard job. Oh my gosh! Because he has to be so reactive because it's not his movie, mm-hmm. and yet just this whole I can't help my daughter who doesn't yeah. want to talk to me and tell me what's really going on, but I'm here for her. But she... seems like it would oh. make an interesting um, discourse with um, Lady Bird. Am I right? Is it, it sort it, of similar? Um, in, except in not cynical, in the, not ugly, not. In the, dis- not, not mean primary. That's right. You guys didn't like Lady Bird. Right? Yeah. No, forgetting that. No, <laughs> I would say that the, the, there are ugly characters within eighth mm-hmm. grade, but but the main character has a much healthier way of of working through that. Whereas in Lady Bird, it's like she encounters uh, you know, the the guy, the kid that uh, uh, Timothy Chalamet was mm-hmm. character yeah, is, right. but. And it's just like, it's just, okay, let's just move on from that. The plot just leaves it behind. Whereas in eighth grade, everything that happens to her, it, it impacts the development of her character over the course of it. They don't just like have things happen and just like, okay, we're done with that segment. Mm-hmm. It's not episodic. It, it's, it, Lady Bird feels detached. You know, it feels kind of, you know, the, the way it was shot, right, is sort of creates distance between you and the characters. I think it seemed like the opposite is true with eighth grade. The camera's just like full on kind of in her subjective space, you know, these really tight close-ups and kind of plunges you more deeply into her world. Is that right? Is that a fair I mean, it sounds like you're talking about cinematography, but yeah. well, more just direction. in terms yeah. of the character, I would say. Mm-hmm. Just cause yeah. I, I think that, I mean, I, I appreciate Greta Gerwig is able to look back at her herself as a young age and say, look at how ridiculous I was. Let me laugh at how mm-hmm. self-absorbed I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and for her, that's probably therapeutic. But for an audience member, I don't appreciate spending that much time with a character I don't admire. Mm-hmm. And eighth grade, it's one of those characters where where you 
one of those, you meet people like this in real life where you want good things to happen because they're such a good person and it just doesn't work out that way a lot of the times. Um, that, that's what I appreciate about the film. Yeah. Lady Bird is bad things happening to a pretty bad person. So you're kind of like, you kind of put yourself in that situation. I'm sorry it happened, but what? Now we're going to get into like, you know, some ugliness of like, what am I saying? No, no, I wasn't thinking that. I'm I'm at that place right now where every time I say something, I'm like, wait, no, as a man, am I allowed to say that? (laughs) This is a female story, but yeah, I don't know. I just didn't care for Lady Bird. Mm. I'll stop there. And neither did my wife, so... Mm. Hmm. Um, sorry to bother you. Yeah. Starts <laughs> as this parody <laughs> where this guy goes for a job or gets a job telemarketing. Young yeah. black dude gets a job telemarketing. By the way, is it a requirement that Tessa Thompson has to be in everything this year? <laughs> I'm just oh sure because yeah. she's the female lead of Sorry to Bother You. Right, right. So it starts with kind of this parody where the the kid goes into this job, guy, young man goes into this job. And then it's a telemarketing job, hence the title, Sorry to Bother You. Mm-hmm. But Danny Glover plays the veteran telemarketer. He's like, mm-hmm. use your white voice. Mm-hmm. And they actually <laughs> cast white actors. And then suddenly Patton Oswalt's voice comes through. <laughs> and David Cross. And yeah. David Cross. David Cross right. So that's kind of the, the, the yeah. gimmick is the black characters have white voices voiced by you know right. prominent Anglo actors. Mm-hmm. That's where it starts. Yeah, it gets weird. <laughs> and then it goes somewhere else, which we're not going to spoil. Mm. All I will say is Army Hammer. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It shows that he has a funny bone because mm. he plays like this ruthless uh, corporate tycoon, you know, wannabe uh, Bill. Would you call him more of a Bill Gates or would you compare him to anybody? I wouldn't. I don't even know. He's just this ruthless, you know, uber rich, <laughs> uber nouveau rich mm. businessman, and yeah, it just goes to strange places. Yeah, but feels a bit like a almost like a Michelle Gondry film, right? It's a little bit. It's Boots, sort of it's Boots Riley. From, yeah, Boots so, Riley. First, first time behind the camera, right? It feels so, like Michelle really, Gondry if he were doing a script that Kaufman hadn't written. <laughs> sure, yeah. Because like, it has it has little of the empathetic qualities that you right. get from Kaufman. It pivoted, yeah, it, it swerves pretty wildly into it, some it, weird it territory. It swerves wildly, half, but, but they commit. <laughs> the first hour was hilarious, though. They like, commit. really, really fun. I gotta give them that. Yeah. And yeah. then, um, blind spotting. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Diggs witnesses a police shooting. And uh, we don't, we're never shown the full context of what le- leads the police officer to shoot the, the guy. But he's got total, he's got PTSD and he is an ex-con who's on probation and his probation is almost over and his bestie who's a uh, white guy with uh, and that actor was terrific I'd never seen him before but I'm thinking he's going to have a nice career but his best friend tends to get him in a lot of trouble and the implication was the best friend probably should have gotten arrested with him but didn't Hmm. Because of luck of the draw, which is probably why they, he feels responsible. But it's just, um, it's hard to describe. It's it mostly a character study, but his, uh, his, his girl, his love interest hates the best friend. And uh, it's just interesting how their lives are intertwined. And you find out the circumstances under which he was arrested 
and then um, we don't want to spoil too much because mm. it's not perfect. It's a little rough around the edges. But it is. Mm, say what? I said no, it is a little rough around the edges. It's a little rough around the edges, but man, is it good. Mm. It feels like, for me, uh, do the right thing about gentrification. Because mm. the film is very much dealing with gentrification. Mm-hmm. That's like the main, I think, plot or story that you... It keeps coming up. You know, he's got the their local convenience store selling like health juice and for like ten dollars and it's like what's going on in this neighborhood mm. um so i think that's like a, a you know and they, the, the party the, the there's party. a yeah, yeah big scene that yeah. it's definitely them like hmm. dealing with like some startup internet company or whatever it was when was, was it i can't remember if they say who it was it's like pandora or something i, for, I forget uh, yeah, some some ridiculous thing like that, but it's a bunch of like hipsters yeah. that are living in their neighborhood, and and they're not that like uh, they at one point in the back in the there's flashbacks. They're both like wearing grills, and um, so yeah. It but it's a really interesting character study, and I I get uh, the two characters, the, uh, the the black lead and the white supporting character are brothers, and they're the tension between the two of them fuels a lot of the movie as well as the white guys i don't know if he's married but he does have a he's got a either a wife or living girlfriend and they have a daughter or is that a son it's been a while since i saw it they have a kid they have a kid but um it's a boy he has it's a, that's right it's a boy it's but man there are some you know it's not perfect but there are certain scenes in that movie that are like whoa and <laughs> yeah. that and the climactic scene is Amazing, and I had no idea. I had no idea that I, I know Dovey Diggs not from Hamilton, but mostly from his recurring role on Blackish. But he's got some serious chops. Hmm. Wow, cool! It sounds my, perfect for the film and social issues class. Oh, it is, it is perfect. My my yeah. only my only concern is that well, I mean, it'd be good for your class, but but as a film, why I don't think it's a perfect film is it, is it tries to tackle too many. Things. Yeah, and there are we're trying to talk about climactic scene. Well, we could talk about the climactic scene with the sun in the house. Yeah, we which climactic, climactic scene climactic should scene we talk about? Party. We could talk about the climactic scene with the cop. Like there's they address. They dress they're trying to do gentrification, police shootings. Uh, can you call your black friend the N word if mm-hmm. you? Or, you know what I mean? Like if you're white and black friends, uh, they're dealing with um, gun control issues. There's mm. almost too much in, in the there. film. It's it's overloaded. And it's all good, but it's it's just too much. Yeah, yeah. But my biggest disappointment was probably Black Klansman. Oh, me too. Oh, yeah, because really? it's just like Spike, dude. This film is as subtle as the trash can Mookie throws the wall of South <laughs> or the window of South Pizzeria wow. at the end of Do the Right Thing. It's like, yeah, uh, just disappointing. Yeah, I was, I was also kind of let down by it as well. I, I was kind of primed to love it because the reviews have been so strong. Well, and the I guess trailer the, yeah. sold. Movie A, right, right, and Spike delivers yeah, that, movie. That's B. interesting. I was expecting something maybe a little bit like funnier, right? Yes. I mean that's because that's, that's what the trailer sold. That's me what on. it sold. Yeah, and uh, again, it, you know, it, it, there's definitely a lot of anger in the film. Oh but, yeah, uh, but I don't know. I mean, it wasn't sort of directed. I don't know. Were the targets too easy? What 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 made it miss for you? Was it just the fact that it uh, was going uh, over? Here's the top. Mm-hmm. Raise your hand 12 more inches, that's where Spike is. Huh. It's just so everything was just over the top and heightened. And, like, I think a better mm-hmm. script 
would have helped. And yeah. for me, Spike is a better director than he is an actor, than he is a writer. I think mm. writing is his weakest point. Mm. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite Spike Lee films is Inside Man because he didn't write it. <laughs> he right. took a great script written by somebody else mm. and made a terrific little movie. Yeah. Yeah. But Ryan, did you have other thoughts? Um, I didn't need to see that footage at the end. Yeah. Seeing it the first time was heartbreaking enough. And I, I honestly, I was shaking in anger and I appreciate that that's what he wanted to do, but don't make a comedy and then end it with, with horrific footage that makes me want to go out and punch someone. Like, I just don't, I didn't see what, what was he trying to do with that movie? What was the point? He's trying to provoke. That's, it's just basically, I'm going to make a movie to make as many references to Trump as possible. And don't get me wrong. I am among, you know, I, I will never tire of bashing on Trump. He irritates me as a person and as a president. But it just it just didn't fit. It was just it was obvious. Well, it was I mean, over it was, that was I, the it point, felt, that was the point of the film's existence. It felt shoehorned in. Well, I don't know I don't know. I don't know. I think maybe what motivated the, this film, this story to be told now was that he's tr- obviously trying to make a connection between he's saying that um but you don't the clan need, right the clan you don't need to force that connection yeah though. let the audience yeah. make the connection don't bash the audience over the head with the connection 50 <laughs> times every minute because i was not i agree i, I was agree just with you. surprised yeah. that you know uh, yeah. yeah spike runs hot and cold for me mm. if we ever do a spike lee special it'll be interesting it did, it did have one scene though that would be really useful in uh, my film history classes and the idea that um no i hated that scene don't say the it. birth of a nation I scene they're all watching birth yeah, of a nation uh, there. that was it's that was film. one of those things that like mm-hmm. for me i'm like it was over the top it was way yeah, over the top it's already mm-hmm. enough that you talk about it mm. to show it and then show the people it's like oh my gosh it's like boom 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 here's my mallet of justice mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of the, what's the best the best scene for me um, I don't know you guys have a favorite scene I mean is there anything that worked about the film for you I'm thinking of one for particular me, the sequence big, but I like I John David Washington Denzel mm-hmm. uh, Denzel's uh, son I thought he's fine for me, Adam Driver was the revelation. Absolutely, and because he has to care. He is the. He has to be the undercover Ron Stallworth. Yeah. He's the one whose life is in danger if his cover gets blown. There's a scene um, where he's kind of downstairs in the basement, and one of these guys and he's kind of egging him, about to find out his secret, and like uh-huh. threatening to like hook him up to a lie detector test or right. something. I thought that scene was excellent. It had the right kind of tension, right. the right kind of thriller aspect. But yeah, it just it veered. Yeah, a lot of it was just just slow moving, you know, just kind of slow and lethargic and kind of generically. I, I wanted written. that fast paced yeah. satire. Something more snap. Promised yeah. by the trailer. Sure. That was not delivered. Sure. No, it felt yeah. like he had something he wanted to say, and he filled in the story and the satire around that. Yeah. Whereas the you know, uh, sorry to bother you was the opposite, where mm-hmm. you're you're you've got all of this rich material, mm-hmm. or maybe too much even. Um, and, and, and it's nuanced mm. what he's trying, what the filmmaker's trying to say, you have to kind of like think about it and talk about it. Whereas Black Klansman, if anyone didn't know after the first 15 minutes, what he was trying to say, then I, I feel bad for their, uh, ability to watch movies sure. and, and yeah. analyze what's being said. I, don't know. I just thought of a movie that might count as a sleeper real quick. Did any, either of you see Operation Finale? 
this one. No, they it kind of came and went really quickly. They dumped that. That's the one of uh, Search for Eichmann. That's right. Yeah, the the Mossad. I get another Oscar Isaac movie. Exactly right. No, it was it was all Oscar Isaac. <laughs> it's pretty solid. Brian, you didn't see it, right? And okay. Ben Kingsley is Eichmann. Ben Kingsley, yeah, actually surprised me. I mean, it's kind of an unpretentious, you know, kind of medium budget Hollywood film that's kind of a thriller based on like process. And I love thrillers dramas that, that deal with process you know that kind of steep you in the atmosphere of you know professionals doing a job right and uh, and this one was just highly detailed and surprisingly you know intelligently written I, I thought I kind of knew I thought I kind of had the film's number you know from the trailer but it actually uh, went in some places that I wasn't expecting so that was a nice surprise you know yeah. something you might discover you know, on but Netflix someday. <laughs> I they, come. they did, yes, they did. Right. I like the, the rider trail. too. Yeah. Did anyone see the rider? Oh yeah, yeah. One I of remember the best examples of non-professional acting. I've yeah, seen yeah. Wow. I heard that was really good. Huh. All non-professional. Some of them. Oh, I mean, it's about uh, yeah. a, a uh, rodeo rider mm. that has suffered an injury and he has to stop a brain injury. Oh wow! And they use one of one of his friends in the movie is someone that is is a paraplegic now because of that from an oh, injury. Wow. And they use a, an actual rider that is really injured from um, so they're using real people and he trains a horse in one scene and the camera doesn't cut. You can just watch him train a horse. That's awesome. And you're wow. like, you couldn't do this without a non professional. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Really good movie actually. Uh, before we wrap up, just this is this is premiere week on the television networks. So many of them are rolling out their new fare. And returns of uh, favorites. Uh, TV Line, the uh, the TV critics there recommend The Neighborhood on NBC sitcom. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, I don't know. I, th- I want to say Neighborhoods on CBS, but I might be wrong about the network. Single Parents is definitely on ABC. All American is a football drama. Uh, basically, somebody said, what if Friday Night Lights meets 90210 on the CW? <laughs> the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. Manifest on NBC. Mm, that's the Robert Zemeckis one? The Robert Zemeckis yeah. one. Haunting of Hill House on Netflix and A Million Little Things on ABC. As in, hey, we've got an idea that's kind of like uh, This Is Us, but different because it's darker. Haunting of Hill House, that's based, is that based on the Shirley Jackson? I think novel? so. That- that looks interesting. And also of note, uh, the Magnum PI reboot started last night with mm. a new Magnum, no, no mustache, <laughs> and he's Latino this time, Jay Hernandez. <laughs> uh, Murphy Brown returns on Thursday. Oh I hope that's good, but I just yeah. fear it might be more, you know, mm. anti-Trump, you know, easy target. Hmm. Uh, another, a new FBI show from Dick Wolf, and speaking of Dick Wolf. Law and Order SVU this Thursday ties Gunsmoke and Law and Order Original Recipe at 20 seasons, which is the net, the, the uh, record for network dramas. So it's a lot of TV. A lot of TV. <laughs> That's a full time job. All Law and Order all the time. NBC actually Amazing. picked up another Law and Order show a couple weeks ago. Law and Order Hate Crimes. Wow. <laughs> One of my students is like, isn't that SVU? No, that's sex crimes. This is hate crimes. <laughs> Get it straight. Oh, boy. 
Law and Order will just continue long after we're gone. <laughs> Seriously. Along the, Earth will be the a, Simpsons. The Earth will be a molten <laughs> cinder, and there will be broadcasts of all the Law and yeah. Orders and Simpsons reruns. Oh, nice to know there's something Ad nauseum. permanent in this uh, ever-changing world. <laughs> <laughs> Law and Order, which you shall always have with you. Yes. <laughs> cool. Well, it's good to be back, guys. Yep. Looking forward to the... First Reformed exclusive podcast. We'll do that right after we do one for Mother. Okay. <laughs> Take care. <laughs>